All right, everybody. Thanks so much for stopping by another live episode of Real Estate Titans sponsored by Livebolt Media. I'm your host, Greg Fowler, traveling throughout the marketplace, interviewing the top real estate professionals in our field, essentially gathering insight, inspiration, really drives and motivates these top producers above and beyond everybody else in what I'd like to consider a real estate titan. Now, our very special guest and future titan for today, all the way on the East Coast in beautiful New York, New York, none other than Lindsay Barton uh, Barrett. Now, Lindsay, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you on the show. I'm super thrilled that you took the time. I know you're extremely busy. So thank you so much. It's an honor. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Oh, this is so great. And I can't wait to go into the series of questions. Everybody out there to get to know you as a, as a person and a professional and really just draw perspective, knowledge, and experience from you. So I guess without further ado, uh, let's just start with that first question, which is really telling everybody a little bit about yourself, Lindsay. So, you know, who you are, where you're from, what got you into the business and kind of your path to where you are to today. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, and I, and I'm happy to help because I think it is, it's a tough business to be in. It's a tough business to get into for lots of different reasons. And so if I can be useful to someone, then great. Um, and you know, a lot of people were really helpful to me, um, getting to where I am, um, including, but not limited to my first real estate broker, um, which is kind of, I got in the business in, in sort of the same way as a lot of people, which is, you know, I bought something and I went through the process and went, this could have this could have been better or, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, so my, my sort of ancient history, I grew up in Seattle. Um, yeah, I, I mean, and I love it. I, I like going back there, but I'm home, you know, I live in Brooklyn, been here for nearly 20 years. Um, and so I originally came to New York for college I went okay. to school. I went to undergrad in upstate New York. I went mm -hmm. to law school in New York City. So wow. I graduated from law school not knowing exactly what direction I wanted to go. And I wanted to practice, but I wasn't totally sure. And I always really had a penchant for real estate. Like I loved mm -hmm. real estate. But wow. law school, as you know, you've heard, they teach you how to think like a lawyer, not to be a lawyer. <laughs> so yeah, not at, not always as sort of everyday practical as you'd like it to be. Um, wow. So I started practicing at a corporate firm. I realized buying my first apartment, the real estate was really what I was interested in. I liked wow. it because it was tangible. I love real estate. I love design. And I then lateraled to another firm and worked in their real estate group. Wow. And okay. then I pretty quickly realized that big law firm life in New York was not my calling. Um, Got it. And, you know, I, I'm going to take it for granted that the partners at my old law firm are not watching this, but okay. <laughs> in retrospect, I'm grateful that I ended up where I was because it got me to move on more quickly than I might've otherwise. And okay. yeah, I mean, I loved real estate um, and I enjoyed what I was doing, but there were moments when I would be working with a partner, working with a client and our clients would come to us and they would have put together a deal that they were excited about. And these were typically not, I want to buy a house down the street. It was, we're going to renegotiate a partnership agreement to, you know, expand the size of this condo project. We're going to do, you know, these were bigger deals and really smart people, you know, wow. at the top of their game. And they were coming to us and saying, okay, we want to do this deal meeting in the minds help, you know, we got to, we got to pay for it. Wow. And there was usually a broker, whether it was an investment banker or a commercial real estate broker, there was usually a broker in the transaction. <laughs> and I realized pretty quickly that that was the role that I wanted to play because I realized that I was sitting in the position of, okay, you guys are very smart. 
you've done this before, you've been successful, but now here's all the reasons you shouldn't do this. And here's all the things that like, we're going to say you have to have in place, even though you didn't necessarily want them because we're here to kind of protect you and bill. And so I just, I got to a point where I realized I wanted to be bringing people together and I wanted to be, you know, instead of kind of taking things that were working and, and, and believe me, I have the utmost respect for the profession of law. Um, I go to many a closing where every single person in the room is a lawyer. Um, and you know, my, my lawyers, the lawyers who I work with are, I mean, I'll say my most critical partners, you know, they're the people who sometimes I really have to work with on a tough deal to get to the end. And, you know, maybe the broker is out of town or difficult to work with, and then I need to call in the lawyer. And I, you know, so I I think lawyers are an imperative piece of the process. And in New York City, I would say they are more involved in transactions than a lot of other markets. I know there are other markets where lawyers don't even step into the fray and brokers write contracts and all of that stuff. That's not the way it happens in New York. Hmm. Um, And so lawyers are important. You know, lawyers are critically important. It wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, And so I realized that pretty quickly. And I worked with a commercial real estate broker on a transaction very soon after I moved. And he kind of said to me, you should be a broker. And I thought, maybe I should. And so that's basically how it started. And I got my license. And now I really hope the partners who I work for aren't listening because I (laughs) I was moonlighting as a broker while wow. working at a very big and prestigious law firm in New York City. Unreal, unreal. And it was in the very early days of Blackberries. So I would be sitting in a partner's <laughs> office and they would say, I need you to stay till nine o'clock tonight to work on something. And I'd have somebody texting me going, you know, we really want to see this apartment. And I'd have to oh, say, well, I, I really can't. I have a commitment. And so, wow. and that kind of segues in some ways into what I think is a big part of what I've been able to help other people with. And, and mm-hmm. one of the reasons I've been successful is I realize very quickly, it is not a part-time job. It is not well, a sorry. hobby. It is not like something you do for friends, but, mm-hmm. and, and for some people it is, you know, for some people it is, but at the end of the day, if you want to make a living. And Mm -hmm. if you want to grow as a person and professionally, it's a job. It's a real job. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, yeah, it requires whether you're trying to build your business where your job is building your business or whether you're trying to service your clients, in which case that's probably the job or some combination of the two. It's a real job. And there's a lot of different ways to do it. There's no one way to do it, which is one of the reasons I love it also is it's not the kind of job kind of like working in a corporate law firm where necessarily you have to like take your life and your personality and put it in the drawer from nine to seven. And then, (laughs) you know, and then you can like fly your freak flag later. You can be who you are, you know, and not every client wants the same broker, you know, Mm -hmm. they, they, it's such a personal process, which is again, one of the things I love about it, Hmm. but because of that, you can be a real person. So, yeah. yeah. I, well, but, but Lindsay, as, as you're going through everything, this is absolutely incredible. And you're just painting the picture of, you know, your progression through your life and, you know, from, from Washington state to New York and then law school, and then really finding out quickly that that's not the direction that you want to go and, and, and being involved in real estate uh, you know, what an incredible opportunity. And I mean, you've been doing this for, you know, 15 plus years and to the highest of levels. And, and you're, what's beautiful about what you're saying is you practice what you preach very specifically to doing the tasks that are needed to be done to, to get things 
not just for growth and team and, and revenue or closed transactions, but making a difference. And I, I would love to dive a little bit deeper into you painted that picture of moonlighting. And I, I just kind of put myself like in the room with you, you know, and you're on your Blackberry having these, having these conversations. And I thought, what got you completely out of law? So what, what was that transition like for you? And then let's, let's get to a little bit of the, the process of where you are to today. I, I guess yeah. that's, I, I want to know a little bit more about that. It's just fascinating. Yeah. And that's fair. And I think, and it's interesting because it's a conversation that I have with people often. In fact, I was, I was speaking with a client of mine today who is somebody who I worked with at my very first law firm. And I, um, sorry, my audience <laughs> still on, don't know how to You're turn good. it off really. It's all good. Um, this is live everybody. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I said to her, um, and she's sort of at a turning point in her life where she, and I, I don't, I'm not going to use her name, so I don't think she'll yes. mind, you know, she was recently divorced and mm. they sold their townhouse and she's deciding whether or not to buy an apartment. And wow. she's kind of like starting fresh with mm-hmm. a new life and a new pool of money. And yeah. I said, you know, the way I got to where I am now, honestly, is very much that practice what you preach, which is Mm. I bought, and I know this sounds absurd, maybe to people who don't live in New York City, but I bought my first apartment for $400,000 with a 10% down payment. So Mm. I saved up. I had a high kind of high income because I was a Mm. lawyer. I had no money. Um, I got some from parents. Like I, so I bought my first apartment. I was extremely fortunate to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But I then, you know, sold, I refinanced, which mm-hmm. was how I had the sort of nest egg that I needed to right. stay in the business um, and not make any money for a while. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, ultimately, I sold that apartment. We took the proceeds. We bought a new apartment. We took the wow. proceeds. I bought, the house that I'm sitting in now. And awesome. um, suffice it to say, it's probably worth a lot more than $400,000. So <laughs> I, I would say probably. Yeah. 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 So it's, you know, I believe in it, you know, and mm-hmm. in addition to that, I, I worked, I, I ran a company with my ex-husband. As, wow. He uh, is a developer and architect. Okay. So it's wow. sort of sad on our very first date, we talked about doing this and we ultimately did. Um, and so that I've, I've sort of touched on the business in a lot of different aspects and mm-hmm. that has helped just in terms of my knowledge base and, wow. and the ability to talk to developers in a different way. Um, mm-hmm. But what really got me out was, was that it was figuring out how to do it in a responsible way that okay. I could actually afford to continue to live Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, okay, where is that money coming from? And it ultimately mm-hmm. came from re- refinancing my apartment. Wow. Um, and that was 2001 or 2002. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I really figured out what firm I wanted to work for and yeah. figured out how to sort of get my foot in the door. And admittedly, the first person I talked to did not hire me. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure why, whatever. Um, They're and, lost. They're lost. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and I went to somebody else and, and I started, I started at Corcoran in 2003. Okay. Um, and it was an amazing, you know, I was there for 12 years. Wow. I've been at three, I've been at probably the three largest real estate companies in New York city. Okay. Um, you know, it is a business where people move around. Mm-hmm, for sure. I, you know, and there's like, that's a whole other topic, frankly. Um, but I, you know, once I kind of decided to do it, I figured out how I was going to be able to do it financially, mm-hmm. all of those things, got my sort of life in order and okay. went for it. And wow. when I, you know, in 2003, it was very much good luck. You know, I, I had great training. Okay. Corcoran was 
Corcoran really has amazing, amazing training for new agents. Wonderful. Um, but it was a time when there weren't really a lot of teams. There were kind mm. of the, the husband wife team every once in a while or, right. but they were few and far between. And so mm. if you were wanted to become a broker, it was kind of like, good luck, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so I was fortunate and I kind of did, I did the grunt work that you do. Mm-hmm. You work with other people's open houses. I, you know, and, and I, I don't know how, but mm-hmm. honestly, I really ha- never did the cold calling thing ever. Interesting. Okay. Still okay. don't hate it. Hmm. So <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Oh, it's, and I think it was, you know, I, I did a lot of worked a lot of open houses, um, okay. for, other brokers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, for, and I got, got my, one of my first clients at an open house and I just sold her, I guess it was only her second apartment. Um, okay. but I sold her an apartment, you know, t- almost 20 years ago, wow. she lived in it for a long time, rented it out, sold it, bought another mm-hmm. apartment, you know, and so it continues. And then all of that, if you, cultivated in the right way, turns into a lot more business. You know, you Mm -hmm. get referrals from that person, you sell that apartment and the people who come say, Hey, we really liked working with you. And and that has been for me, how I ultimately built my business, um, from the jump, honestly. Wow. Wow. And that's incredible. Lindsay, as, as you mentioned, because there's so many different paths in a life, there's so many different ways to, to create a viable business and, and, and a profitable business in real estate. And, um, as you touched on before there, there is, it's normal and natural for, for movement, for evolution and progression, um, to, to move brokerages, right. And, 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 and change into that. And I think looking at it from a healthy standpoint is, where's that next level? How can I grow, you know, from where I am to today to that next portion so that I can help more people and then, you know, grow the communities that you serve. I I love the fact that you'd mentioned that you didn't and still don't cold call. I mean, there's so many different ways to go about it. I would love to, to get your perspective on what your thought process is as far as when you were working in those open houses you know, obviously, as, as you mentioned, it is a people business and it is relational. I mean, is that really kind of basing off the fundamentals, really just never leaving the basics? Is that really how you got to the successful portion that you are to today? I mean, uh, I'm not putting words in your mouth. I'm just curious. No, that's, that's totally fair. And honestly, I would say yes. Um, okay. You know, I obviously I worked at a big law firm in New York, but mm-hmm. I was very hesitant to go to the people I'd worked with and say, Hey, look at me. I just became a broker. Don't you want to give me business? And cause I didn't, I didn't want to drop the ball. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I knew that I didn't really know what I was doing entirely. And so I knew that those were ultimately going to be important referral sources. And so I didn't tap those right away because I didn't want to mess it up. Mm -hmm. And so I worked a lot of people's open houses. I tried to work them with other people so that I could kind of, again, you know, be around people who were doing business. Um, That was always really important to me. I've always worked in Brooklyn, but I've always been in the Manhattan offices. I work in both, but it's always been important to me to be in an office where there's a lot going on. Okay. Um, And I think I really grew that way, but it was, I got this sort of uh, website leads from Corcoran. um, And I just, you know, and then I would get a listing and you'd kind of really try to cultivate the people who came and you get to know, like, it's about knowing what you're doing and, you know, and, and just being, even if it's really specific, it's like, okay, I'm selling in this building. I have one listing and I'm going to know everything about it 
So when people come, I can be knowledgeable, even though I didn't know anything about it two days ago. And you know, all the restaurants and you know, all the schools and you know, you know, you know, all of it. And so when people come to you, they think, oh, okay, this person knows what they're talking about. And then you figure it out as you go. And so that was really it. You know, it was really about trying to be professional and prepared and, and relate to people, you know, figure out what was important to them. And, and that was really how it grew, you know, and I think back on it and it's, I, I, I'm surprised in retrospect, but I think Mm. it was, you know, and then once you have that level of confidence, because you do know what you're doing, then you really reach back out to Mm. all of your network. And, um, I, so I started in 2003. Okay. And then my daughter, I had my first child when I was uh, in 2006. Um, January, 2006. So Mm -hmm. that became a little bit of, that was like my new network. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's funny because, and I'm sure other people in a similar position laugh at this where, you know, you talk to people and they go, Oh, you're a real estate broker. That's so great. You can pick your kids up from school and you can do doctor's appointments. (laughs) And, you know, and I kind of, I don't get upset, but I kind of go, I'm not, no, 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 that's not, that's not what I do. Like that, I'm not right. that kind of real estate broker. You know, I'm the one who, unfortunately, when on occasion I'd go to my kids' parent-teacher conferences and they, you know, their teacher would go, and who are you? you know, oh like, my gosh. <laughs> so right. I, I, you know, I, I, for me, it was always about quantity or quality over quantity in terms of the time I spent with my kids, because you work on Mm -hmm. the weekends, you know, you, you work late, you show late. And, Mm -hmm. um, I think as, especially once I got divorced Mm -hmm. to me, it was then really important to have the support at work so that there was more quantity, you know, I wanted to make sure that I was here because it was just me. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, you, it is a, it is something that you can be flexible with and you can Mm -hmm. mold, but that requires really competent support. You know, it's right. You become successful because you provide a certain level and type of service Mm -hmm. and you can't just then go, okay, well now I'm going to change course and I'm not going to provide that level of service. I'm available on you know, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, like you can't, you know, you, you can't do that. And so for me, that was the impetus Mm -hmm. to start a team. And, um, and, and I will say, um, my very first manager, um, who was the, who really started the training program at Corcoran, Mm -hmm. he was amazing. And, um, he said to me right after I gave birth, I think, or maybe right before he said, you need an assistant. And I said, you're crazy. What are you talking about? I don't need an assistant. And and I didn't want an assistant. Like I am not a control freak, but when you do it yourself, you know what it looks like before it goes out the door. You know, that if it's messed up, you messed it up, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so that's, always, I I've really been very independent from, as my parents would say, very early age. Um, and so I didn't want an assistant and he said, Mm. you need an assistant and Mm. he helped me find one and it changed everything for me. Wow. Um, and I say that to other people, you know, I have, I I mentor people from time to time. And when people get to that sort of turning point where they find they're too busy even to respond to their clients. Mm -hmm. That's not acceptable. And that's when you need help. Um, you know, and, and, and it changed everything for me because all of a sudden the stuff that I was spending time on that didn't make, I mean, it was silly for me to be spending time on it. I didn't have to, Mm -hmm. and it liberated me to really engage again with my clients and, and do the things that I enjoyed doing 
and not necessarily the stuff that doesn't, and it all matters, but that, that right. wasn't, you know, that didn't, that was silly. And so sure. every time in my career that I've added a really high quality team member, my business mm. has taken off. Wow. So okay. it's important, you know, and every, like we were talking about briefly ahead of time, mm -hmm. there's lots of different teams. There's lots of sure. different models and mm -hmm. all of them are, you know, all of them have their merits. Mm -hmm. um, my model has always been, I like this business. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm in it for the money. Don't get me wrong, you sure. know, and it's, it's, that's why I work, you know, right. I would probably do something else if I didn't want money. Um, <laughs> I might do it a little, but I wouldn't do yeah. it like this. Um, right, right. And so, but I like it, you know, I really mm. like, be, I really like engaging with clients. I like real estate. I like design. I like helping people figure out how to turn, you know, turn coal into a diamond. Like I yeah, love, love that. that. <laughs> and so for me, building my team wasn't about necessarily training other people to go out and do what I do. <laughs> it was about bringing in really competent people, helping them be better at what uh -huh. they do and having that support so we could kind of all do it together. And in terms of the level of things that you have someone doing for you, that just uh -huh. kind of, it's like on that pyramid, it kind of went up to, okay, it's not just administrative paperwork, that kind of stuff. It, be, it also uh -huh. became searching and, and dealing with clients. And so, you know, I would deal with some clients, but not all of them. And so hmm. for me, it's been growing a team, but it's really a team, you know, right. there's, there's nobody on my team who on a given day, I don't really know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that, and I understand the other approach, but mm -hmm. for me, that's just never been what it was about. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, well, and Lindsay, as you mentioned that and spending so much time, you know, working, you know, in your business instead of on your business is a big issue with a lot of real estate professionals. And unfortunately to, to let go of the reins and, and you had mentioned, uh, you know, control. I, I think that everybody goes through that pain and, and feeling like no one's going to be able to do this like me and no one's yeah. going to be able to, but at the end of the day, putting those pieces of the puzzle together to paint that perfect picture is really what you're going for, but you do it in such a very specific way. You're not just getting a massive team to blow these things out. You're looking at it very strategically for everybody has a, a very specific portion to be done for the greater good. But I, I love that you were identifying the highest and best uses of your time. And you were saying anything that I can allow myself to spend more time doing those action items or those tasks that are really going to help growth that are really going to help not just, I guess, growth, but then also your personal growth, right? Time for you and for family and everything that you mentioned. I love that aspect and perspective that you have. And, and again, you've done it, you're doing it. And obviously it's working uh, because you do it to the highest of levels when it comes down to it. And sometimes I'm sure you probably get asked this all the time, but do you ever sleep? You know, it's just one of those things where business just keeps going. And, and to your point, when you get to a certain level as you have gone and then some, um, it, it's hard to kind of pull that back and say, yeah. well, right now I'm only going to work the Monday, Wednesday, Friday, this time, so, you know. You, you've, you've really figured something out really special. And um, I'm just glad that people are able to hear that from you directly. And um, yeah, it just, it just blows my mind. So, so, but with the team though, specifically, I mean, you, you're growing and, and with that, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but what, what's the next steps for the team look like? And, and is there levels of expansion internally? I would love to address that, um, you know, just with you and see what's going on there. Yeah, I, I, for sure. And there, I, one of the things that I love about the business is it's, and I was having a conversation with somebody about this yesterday. Mm -hmm. It is not 
remotely a zero sum game. You know, you really, it's one of the few industries where your competitors are also your collaborators. And so it's, you know, you, you can kind of, you know, I pitch against the same people all the time. Well, I also do deals with them all the time. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, it's really figuring out how there's enough business to go around. And, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously when you're desperate for that next commission check, it's really hard to feel that way. And I think that's one thing that's critically important too. And I don't know, you know, you can't, you can't fake that really, but yeah. It's important. Like you can't want to deal any more than your clients do or you're a mm-hmm. bad broker. Yeah. <laughs> like, so <laughs> it's, you know, what I, what I do appreciate is if somebody comes along, even if I'm not necessarily at a point where I feel like, okay, now is when I really need to grow. Mm-hmm. There may be a place for that person because mm-hmm. they may make connections for you that you never would have had and you may be able to help them create something they wouldn't have been able to do on their own. And so wow. it is a business where even the way that I kind of do it, where we're really all working together, it's mm-hmm. not this sort of independent situation. If somebody comes in the door and they have the right attitude and the right sort of aptitude and and mm-hmm. and want to kind of work their connections, there's a place. Wow. And so I love that. I will say right now, I, and I think so many professionals in so many industries, my biggest struggle is finding really good people who want to be on my team. (laughs) I've been really, really fortunate and, um, you know, in years past, I've had some incredible people work for me, work Mm -hmm. with me. And when you lose those people, it hurts, you know, you, you cultivate these relationships, you cultivate these, you know, kind of professional, you figure out what people are really good at and, you know, and, and you work well together. And I had up until kind of June of this year, just a stellar team and people had been with me for a really long time. And some newer people who were incredible. And I lost two of those people um, to family, you know, babies and other locations and, you know, also sort of family and like different opportunities. And I'm, you know, and and I'm really happy for, for those people. But now my biggest struggle is finding the right people, mm-hmm. figuring out if they're right. And, you know, and then really reinvesting in my business because mm-hmm. I want to make sure that anybody on the team feels like they have my support, okay. feels like they're learning from me. Mm-hmm. And so it's about being present, which also is so much harder in this new environment of working from home. Sure. It, I was listening to another podcast. Okay. The argument on oh. NPR. Really okay. great. Yeah. And it was about working from home. And it was about what's going to happen. You know, are we are we gonna is this what it is now? Um, and I think, you know, being a broker is one of those things that is pretty well suited to working from home. Right. But, you know, on a team, there's also that balance, you know, you learn. I think that a lot of the people who've worked with me in the past have have learned a lot by listening to me on the phone, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, listening to me talk about, you know, building code and going, oh, interesting. I didn't know that, you know, or negotiating or, you know, anything, you know, doing Mm -hmm. buyer intake or all of those things. And so to not be able to provide that is hard. Um, but it's, you know, people are enjoying working from home, but the thing on the argument that really got me was somebody said, you know, what's really going to happen from working from home is managers are really going to have to manage. And Mm. I kind of went, 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like a stake in the heart. And oh, I was like, no. yeah, yeah, I am, you know, and it's, it's that it's like being present, being involved. It, you know, it's always easier to do it yourself. You always know what you're going to get, but it's bringing that person in and bringing them along and answering questions and letting them do things and make sure. mistakes. And so, yeah. So, and, and so when you're hiring for something like that, where you're going to let people go out and represent you and use your name and your reputation, mm-hmm. it's about, you know, it's about being present and, and that's, you know, any business it's all right. of a sudden you get really good at something and it means you have to do something else, you know, you right. get and, and that's one of the things that I've often, um, that I like about the sort of move towards teams is that mm-hmm. if somebody wants to become a broker, it doesn't mean that they're great at building a business. They might mm-hmm. be a great broker, but they right. may not be great at building a business. And all of a sudden you become a broker and, and now you're in the business of cold calling or, you know, whatever it may be. And, um, so it's, 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 it's really hard. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's the hardest thing. And so right now I'm at a point where we are also very active with some new development product, which requires people to be present. And so I'm really trying to grow my team, but be thoughtful and make Mm -hmm. the right hires and not just for the sake of hiring. So that's, that's my, that's my struggle and frequently is, but definitely right now. Yeah. But Lindsay, when you're talking about that, I know the, the other, uh, you know, brokers or anybody who has a team of any size, uh, you know, feel some of that pain when, when they're pouring their hearts and their minds and to, to help guide and train and, and make the people around them greater. And then opportunities come up and, and people do come and go and, and that's no fault of the, the leader, right. Mm-hmm. And leadership yeah. it's people have to make decisions and, and, and that's understandable, but then, you know, to, to kind of fill those shoes or that void, if you will, that, that I can only imagine the difficulty that, 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 that comes, but the right people always come into the life as long as the opportunity is there. And, and by any means, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, anybody who's involved in your life and your world has got to be blessed just to be around that. And I can imagine the conversations that you have, as you mentioned, I just, you being on the phone, you know, you communicating with clients and getting deals done, just being in the room with you, soaking that up. I mean, that's what people don't tend to understand is that's a true mentorship opportunity. And it doesn't matter what part of your life or your career you're in, you can always learn from others. And the fact of the matter is you're willing to share and to give and really provide that as a huge thing for anybody to take their business to another level. Um, you know, everything that we've been going on with in 2020 and in 2021, completely understand that. And, you know, having conversations with, you know, teams and individuals all over the world and real estate. I mean, I, I hear that from different places and perspectives and, uh, you know, but the, the teams are growing businesses is moving. And, and to your point, there, there's plenty of business to go around for everyone. And, um, you know, it's just a wonderful industry and a wonderful time, uh, despite everything that everybody's been going through. Uh, but, but that to me blows my mind. And, and Lindsay, I, I do want to go to, to this particular part because everybody tunes in to Titans because they really want to soak up greatness. They want to learn from the best and brightest. And, and a, a question that comes up time and time again from so many of the audience is really asking this question. If you could look back at your career thus far. And pick or choose one or two things that you implemented or really saw the growth of that needle moving in a big way. Uh, and you shared incredible stuff already. So you can go down the same vein that you were already going down in multitudes, or it can be completely different. But anything that you would advise anybody who's watching now live with us or listening after the fact to grow, what, what did that look like for you into your life? You know, that you really saw that effect of doing something or implementing something and changing it. Yeah. I think that, I mean, to, to your point, I think the single most important or pivotal moments for me mm-hmm. have, I mean, it's hard for somebody with an ego have been making those great hires, you know, right. have been every, every business has growing pains, you know, mm-hmm. and it's how you deal with them. And mm-hmm. 
And so it's, it's trying to recognize soon enough instead of when you recognize it because you're losing clients because you're not responding to them or it's sort of seeing the writing on the wall and, and time helps with that. Um, you know, like age and experience that you kind of see, okay, I'm feeling frenzied. And so that means I'm going to get to a point where I'm not delivering the level of service. I need help. And so it's getting that help. It's, and one of the biggest things I've also learned it in, like I've said, is it's also dedicating the time to that business related to that employee or team member so that they can be effective. And I think that I have learned a lot through experience to understand that not everybody is going to be like you. People aren't going to work the same way. They're they're not going to respond to the same kind of criticism or feedback. And so you have to pay attention to these, to people. You have to give them your time, listen, respond, and, and then they become invaluable. Um, and, and that's important. And so I think recognizing when you need help and getting it. Um, and then I think that, you know, also it's, it's, it is taking a step back and evaluating every once in a while. It's mm. thinking about, you know, and, and actually Barbara Corcoran, Um, was always great about this is if you have bad clients, get rid of them. They're absolutely toxic. And, you know, and it's harder to get rid of a seller um, because you're, you're stuck. And so it's managing that relationship. And, you know, I've had sellers who've been, you know, borderline abusive and, and as a team leader, that's when you have to step in. You know, and, and not that I am going to let somebody abuse me, but I'm certainly not going to let somebody abuse somebody who works for me. And so it's recognizing when you're entering into something and sadly it's often the, the aspirational ones, you know, it's the really high priced listing. It's the really Mm -hmm. big budget. And I'm not saying, I think, I have a lot of really wealthy clients who I adore and who are an absolute pleasure to work with. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you also have these clients and you're kind of chasing them. Mm -hmm. And so they don't treat you well and you got to let it go, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and it's like so many things in life. It's, it's sort of accepting accepting the, not the status quo, but kind of mm-hmm. recognizing that, that like shiny object is, is often not worth it. And, wow. you know, and, and the other thing I, you know, I think I've had this experience. If you like lose a listing because you don't like, that's not a client you want to be involved with. What that also does is it liberates all the time that you were spending on that listing and all the energy that you were lying awake at night going, God, he's so, you know, like, how do I deal with this better? Let it, you know, if you let it go, it gives you the time to really seize on other opportunities, figure out what you would rather be doing. So that's a, that's a huge one. If you have clients who are just sucking your time and energy and positivity, get rid of them. Oh, wow. I I mean, Lindsay, when you, yeah, but but to your point though, that that's I would agree, easier said than done for so many people. But at the same time, there's so many people that are tuning in right now that that hit them right in the heart and in the head. Yeah, and it, it logically it makes sense, but you got to take that uh, that leap of faith and understanding that look, this isn't right for a lot of different reasons. But your point about freeing that time. Yeah. Don't think of it as a loss. Think of that as a gain and to say, Hey, Mm -hmm. this wasn't right. I'm going to find the right opportunity. I'm going to find that right client. And boy, I think that's a a perspective, as you mentioned with, with, uh, you know, professionalism and timeframe and age, as it, as it goes through seasonality through the business, you start to see those things, but 
there's so many people that it, they're, they live based off of other people's, uh, you know, lives and perspectives, and, and you can cut certain learning curves out. You don't have to stick your hand in the flame to know it can burn you every time. But so it's, it's nice to learn from people who've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. And that's why the audience loves just hearing the stories and perspectives and and those, those pieces of advice that have taken years to gain and multiple transactions and ups and downs in a life and in a career and markets. And uh, Lindsay, I mean, you're just an absolute wealth of knowledge. And this is, I know we're just scratching the surface into, into everything that you do and more, but, uh, you know, I just, this is why I really love doing this is it, it sets the bar. It, it really shows everybody out there who's in the real estate business that it can be done better. It can be done higher. There, there's different ways to make it happen, but the level of hard work and commitment and character that, that, that can't go away. It's gotta be there. And, and you wouldn't be who you are or where you are today without all those things. And then some Lindsay. So, uh, I just can't thank you enough for, for taking the time to do this. And I I don't want to cut, cut you short or anything that way, but is there any other piece or anything you want to mention before we wrap this up? This has been an incredible episode. Thank you. I mean, I think we, I think what you're saying is true. I mean, we're still all humans. And I think, that I think the real estate, because people come to it from so many different places, um, I think that often people do fall into that. And, and, and I think coaching is incredibly valuable, valuable in lots of different ways. And there's lots of ways to do it, but I think people often feel like, okay, this is how I have to do it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm told that I have to go to this seminar and, and I have to do X number of calls every day. You're still a human being and mm-hmm. you, you get to choose your path, you know? And, and yeah, if you're not making money, you may have to tweak it, but there's no one right way to do things. Um, mm-hmm you know, like people are going to tell you, you have to, you know, have this, this social presence and that's where you're going to build business. And for some people it's incredibly successful. And for some people it's, you know, I have an Instagram presence minimally. My kids are very impressed with the number of followers I have, but (laughs) their perspective is a little off. Um, and I don't have many, but, um, but it's, you know, it, there are different ways to do it. And Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, I think it's important for people to understand that all these people who have big businesses, um, do it in different ways. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I feel like in some ways living in New York city, I'm cheating a little bit because obviously the price points are a lot higher. Um, but I also kind of realized when my career first started picking up or kind of whatever you want to call it, which was probably in the middle of the recession. It was 2008, I think when (laughs) we shifted, you know, we saw that things were changing and we really recommended to all of our clients that they drop prices. And I think we did it sooner than other people. Mm. Um, and because of that, we had a lot of activity at our listings, which meant we picked up tons of buyers. And that was when I think my, my kind of career trajectory changed was probably in 2008. Um, and I think it was just seeing like, I needed to keep making money. Like I didn't, uh-huh. I was like, how can I keep selling things? And uh-huh. so I think it's, I think it is that I think it's, looking at it and figuring out how you can be true to yourself, but keep, keep doing the business. And, you know, it's very Pollyanna to say, but I think that that's what gets you business is, is the authenticity is, you know, working with people that you enjoy working with. It's, you know, both team members and clients, um, and just being consistent and present and, and, you know, I say that, and then I also think that taking time off is, is critical. Okay. It's a job where you get no time off. You know, mm-hmm. Mike, I have, 
I, I do a lot of local business. Mm-hmm. And so I can't walk down the street without seeing clients. So I, I go, I'm a, I used to be a big yoga practitioner before a variety of injuries that I'm hopefully coming back from. But, um, you know, I had three clients who went to my regular Saturday yoga class, and, wow. you know, and so get like, take real breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so important. And time go go as far as you can. So there's the biggest time difference possible. <laughs> so you have to be gone. I went to India for three oh. weeks in wow. 2019. Thank God, because mm-hmm. I got there. Yeah. And that was the best growth experience in some mm-hmm. way, personally for me, as as a sort of the lesson of letting go mm-hmm. and for my team in terms of the lesson of getting it done. Like Hmm. I wasn't there. If they needed to talk to me at three o'clock in the afternoon, they were not going to do that. And so they had (laughs) to figure it out. And I came back and I, you know, I saw a lot of things that I would have done really differently, but they were fine. And, you know, and it was such a growth experience for everyone on my team. And now if I want to turn my phone off for two days, I might do that. I probably right. won't, but like I might, you know, <laughs> you could, you could. Yeah, I could probably. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's, that's, you know, I, those are sort of nebulous lessons, but hopefully yeah. valuable. Hugely valuable. And, and, and when you're talking about it, once again, I, I think that there's, there's so many memes that are out there and it's the real estate professional and it's their friend and it says something like going on vacation with a realtor and the realtor's on their phone in the water and the friends looking at it. It's, it, but there's so many times where you're, you're right. You need, I think balance is the wrong word. I, I think having harmony, I think is the right way to go about it. And, um, so many high performers in so many different businesses, they, they're wildly out of whack when it comes to that harmony or balance. Um, you know, they're getting to a place in their life for a reason. And mm-hmm. when you focus on one thing, unfortunately, it takes focus off of something else. And whether that's relationships, religion, health, business, all those things. So I think that advice is crucial. Um, how often do you recommend doing that as far as getting away, cutting out? I mean, what, what, what's the, what's the perfect scenario if you could base one off of for anybody out there who that really hits them? I think that, I think for me, I have taken advantage, sorry, my cat's doing something of the cyclical nature of the business. It is, you know, and I think other places that don't have, um, seasons the way New York does, but, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about like weather, um, sure. it, it's a little different. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. the spring is going to be really busy anywhere because mm-hmm. you have families moving so that they can be somewhere when their kids start school in September or August. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the spring is going to be busy. Um, but I always go away for Christmas. I I cherish national holidays, like nothing you can believe because I can put my phone down and, you know, nobody's going to expect, even if they're having a real estate emergency on Thanksgiving, that I'm going to pick up my phone. And so I cherish those. I do try to go away on the sort of holiday weekends. Okay. Um, But I also, you know, I, I, take an international trip with my daughter every year. You know, we were in Greece for a week in August. We, you know, Mm -hmm. and you just got to stick to it. Um, Mm -hmm. The minute you cancel a vacation for something, it's going to fall apart. Um, I mean, I really, like, I remember my very first listing. Mm -hmm. I was so, you know, I was so excited. I canceled a vacation to do it. And this set, and I didn't have the listing fully executed, but it was, it was done deal. We were putting it on the market. I took photos and then I will admit it was a lawyer who totally over lawyered the listing agreement. And my manager looked at me and said, I'm not signing this. 
He's, you know, like, this is not a person. If anything goes wrong, we're going to have a problem and I'm doing Mm. you a favor and I'm not signing this. And I canceled my vacation. I didn't get the listing. I took the photos. I was pissed off. Mm. Like just, you know, and have, I've come back early from vacations for things like, like, yeah, do your best to take care of yourself. And, and the vacations are about recharging, you know, so yeah. that you can come back fresh. You can see, you know, you can put the crossword puzzle down and then come back the next day. And all of a sudden the thing that was, you know, so frustrating, it, it light bulb. And so that's critical. So do it, you know, everybody's different. You know, some people sure. a weekend away is great. Some people they need a week and a half, um, you know, and, and, and you kind of got to, figure it out and what's realistic based on family situations and all of that. Hmm. But I love that. And, and really to put your priorities in perspective and, and uh, you know, stick to that calendar. If it's in there uh, you know, that there's uh, so many conversations that I've had very similar into multiple aspects of your life. I mean, if it's not really set time aside, we're going to find something to fill it with. Yep. So it, it's just a bizarre world that the real estate world is in. And, and just on, on a on final note in my thought process, I, I love that you had mentioned when you had looked at it from certain perspectives of the consumer and they, they base it off of, oh gosh, you know, well, you have time to, to take the kids here and to do this. And it's like, it's so flexible. It, to, to me, it's a it's a huge misconception to the masses, right? The audience who's yeah. tuning in, the, the realtors, lenders, builders, developers. I mean, this is not geared towards the consumer, but but when I mention it, it it's, it's just so comical to me. Uh, they just have no idea and no disrespect to any, you know, HGTV or Bravo yeah. TV stars. We've had them on the show. We love you guys. But at the same time, it's clouded the judgment of reality for consumers into what you guys do on a daily basis. And, and the adage that I, I was told years ago, which I thought was fascinating, it's like a duck on water and it's graceful and smooth and everybody's, wow, look at that. But then underneath, just moving really fast and, and the consumer just doesn't see the, 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 the pedaling and the movement and everything that you guys do to get it done. They just see the smooth, graceful duck. And um, yeah, I, I just find that fascinating. Again, once again, another true pro has just mentioned the consumer behavior. I don't know how you adjust that. I don't know how that gets changed. Maybe showing more of that side of it and not so much the graceful pieces. I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah. it's just interesting for sure. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think it's interesting that that's all taken off because it is, you know, there are parts of it that are a production. And so that's the sexy part. That's the part that people are excited about, but like any production, whether it's a restaurant, whether it's an event, whether it's, you know, a a play, like Uh what you see is beautiful and choreographed. There's always frenzy behind, like there always is. And so Mm -hmm. it's, it is important for people to understand that. And, and it's, you know, I was a lawyer. I became a broker. I, I, you know, there's, there's no shortage of joke books to cover everything <laughs> I've done. Like, and I get that. Right. Um, but uh. it is, you know, I, it is hard and, you know, I'm not, I don't want to be negative, but I will say, okay. I think that it is hard and brokers have a bad reputation. And unfortunately for a reason, I think mm. that, And not, I mean, I have so many colleagues who I respect so much and I could not do my job without the people I work with. And that includes all the the co-brokers that I work with every day and I respect and we work well together. But unfortunately, it is a a path where there's a very low barrier to entry. Mm. I think there is a certain element of sort of puffery Um, Mm -hmm. that people engage in, especially now as it's become this kind of spectacle Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and it's unfortunate. And so I think the more people can just be honest and real and back things up and give people information and be honest about yeah. Like, you know, I mean, people get upset if they show up at an open house and you're still putting flowers in a vase. Well, how do you think the flowers got there? Like, 
you know, if I'd been here two minutes earlier, instead of showing another property, you'd be happy, you know? And so it's, it's, I think being like in every part of it, being real is, and being real about what goes into it has to be part of the process. I love that, Lindsay. And, and you just, the way you are with words, you just paint these beautiful pictures. And I, I literally just put myself in that scenario. I'm thinking, yeah, well, how would they get there? Come on, yeah. I mean, let's be real. I mean, but it's it's so great. And again, your your character, your humility, just the, the work ethic and drive, like you're you're really setting that bar high. And, and again, it's just been an honor and a pleasure uh, to be spending these moments with you and, and uh, just sharing your story and, and, you know, everything about your career thus far. And, uh, you know, many, many, many more successes to come uh, from that, Lindsay. But uh, I, I can't thank you enough. I do have to dub you an official real estate titan. That well, is a title you. that is yours forever to keep. There's no plaques or trophies, but it's in your heart. Uh, so no one can ever take that away from you. Uh, but Lindsay, thank you so much. Seriously. Thank you. Was this was great. This was awesome. Thanks. Love it. And everybody, thank you as always for your time and attention, your love and support. If you like here doing Real Estate Titans, don't forget to like, subscribe. You know what to do at this point. I do have to give our sponsor a quick shout out, Lion Bolt Media. If you are in real estate and you're looking to grow your digital presence when it comes to really market saturation, lead generation, conversion, please visit lionboltmedia.com. We're live here every Tuesday afternoon, a different Titan a different location. We'll catch everybody in the next live episode of Real Estate Titans. Take care. Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks. Bye.